welcome back to another episode of 52 and 52, a podcast where we watch at least one movie a week for every week in the year and record an episode about it. Today we're going to be talking about Annihilation, and we're joined by our friends Fred and Sky. Um, how are you guys doing? Doing all right, man. Thanks for having me on. Good to be back. Thanks, guys. Still yeah, recovering man. from the Oscar hangover a little bit. but Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was uh, it was an interesting Oscar. It was a little less traumatic than last year, right? Well, I'd, <laughs> yeah. I'd say so. Unfortunately, I uh, didn't have the like the happy ending that last year had, but you know. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna be talking about Annihilation, the new movie from Alex Garland. Uh, he did Ex Machina, which came out a couple years ago and got some Oscar noms, and that's sort of what people know him for. Even though he has a couple uh, older movies, you guys might have seen. Well, he's written. Um, other, he's written other stuff. Ex Machina was yeah, his, director his first director. Di- yeah, his first time he was a director. Um, so yeah, this movie has Natalie Portman, Oscar Isaac, Tessa Thompson, Gina Rodriguez, um, Jennifer Jason Lee, and then uh, some other random people in it. Where do you want to start, Josh? Uh, I think I'd like to. I think I'd like to start with uh, Fred's thoughts, Fred. You, because um, I know Fred's probably more into sci-fi than I am, and uh, he initially reached out to me about this, and I and I'd already been thinking about inviting him on, and and I'm I'm still like processing this whole movie. Like I saw it again last night because I like I was just kind of like overwhelmed, and I still don't know if I've totally organized my thoughts. I was hoping like uh, hope, hope you guys could put some stuff in context for me. And Fred, uh, so I wanted to start with you. Did you like it? And what was your what were your initial impressions? So I'm going to start it off by saying that I liked it a lot, actually, better mm-hmm. than Ex Machina. Um, here's my thing about Ex Machina. I only saw that one, I think, about six or seven months ago huh. for the first time. People kept telling me to watch it, and I just kept putting it off. And I think I kind of um, missed the novelty train a little bit on that, because when I saw it, all I kept thinking was, this is really nice looking, but ultimately it struck me as a high-budget Black Mirror episode. Um, I mean, we're kind of in that age now where you have a lot of sci-fi shows that are a bit more bleak, have very critical commentary on technology. So I liked Ex Machina, but I wasn't blown away by it. Annihilation, on the other hand, I was captivated the entire time. And I was already really intrigued by the trailer, thought the whole concept looked really interesting and had a very interesting, colorful look. And there were some moments, especially towards the end, where I could just feel Alex Garland holding a gun to my head and pulling the trigger, essentially. <laughs> so, yeah, I was, I was pretty happy with it. Um, I don't know about you guys. Josh, how did you feel watching it a second time? Yeah, so I think I just... Uh, I don't know, because I'd say I'd, I definitely like the movie a, a lot for its uh, technical aspects a lot, and I'd say I'm still still processing the story of it all, because I... Like I, one of the big themes of it, in which they spell out even more so than I realized the first time. I just don't think I totally grasped it. it was just self destruction in general. And but this is an interesting way of telling that story because apparently it's not the most faithful adaptation of the book. It's yeah. based on a book by a guy named Jeff Vandermeer, and I've listened to a couple of interviews where, uh, whether it be with Garland or just other people talking about it, where they're like, Garland told Vandermeer, like, I don't know how to faithfully adapt your book. Like it's too weird. It's too hard. Can I do my own thing? And Jeff Vandermeer is like, Sure, go for it. And I mean, there's the thing in the middle of it where uh, Ventress is talking about just like just giving her thoughts to lean on that, and and I can certainly see it, and I li- I like these actresses to varying degrees, I'd say, but I don't think I I think I might have been a little more okay with them than Clam was based on our initial uh, Twitter conversations, <laughs> and I think I could have uh, appreciated the movie even more maybe if we had I think this 
spend a little more time getting to know each of them and getting to the bottom of exactly we we, we have the scene where um where uh where they're on the boats and um yeah and what's her uh, what's her face um Cass tells lena like what's wrong with each of them and it's like well, that's cool when it makes sense, and it's interesting to recontextualize these different characters, but I would have liked to have learned a little bit more about what each of them was actually personally thinking um, deep down throughout. And I think maybe the whole thing might have even resonated more for me, but that being said, I couldn't disagree with what Fred was saying about Alex Garland holding a gun to your head at the end because, I mean, that the entire last 30 minutes of this movie, and I mean, we can just cut this off in two minutes after we each give our initial thoughts for a spoiler section if we want because I think it's a pretty... Um, there's a whole lot to talk about with that with those last 20 minutes, but I think it's some of the more visually visually arresting cinema I've seen recently. Even f- that it could have me that uh, on the edge of my seat and that gripped, even though I don't know if I totally cared about most of these characters for a lot of the movie. I mean, the movie looks incredible, and then it like kicks it up a notch. And so I'd say I really did leave the movie feeling moved, even if I maybe could have gotten even more out of the characters in the story. Sky, what do you think? Um, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was well done. I think it was uh, the underlying story really drove it well. Uh, going back to that boat scene, I think that scene was very important. It brought yeah. it. It really explained a lot about what was going on. I agree they could have spent a little bit more time with the characters, getting to know them. But I, I don't know that it would uh, enhance the movie that much because they were all there for that specific purpose of kind of explaining. Yeah what was going on um but all in all i really enjoyed it i thought it looked great it's a beautiful movie um i want to hear about your gripes with the <laughs> actresses I, I didn't like the i don't know her name you know which one i'm talking about though uh the the psychiatrist the spanish oh lady. gina rodriguez yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't like her performance yeah. very much but uh yeah there were some definitely some uh cool moments in there clam yeah ahead. Yeah, so going back to what Fred said, I think you said you were excited when you watch a trailer and everything. I actually like almost thought it was like a parody from the trailer. I like I thought the trailer was stupid, honestly. <laughs> I, I was like, "There's no way I'm gonna watch this movie. This is a movie that's coming out late February, early March. Like it's gonna be bad." And then I think I saw Josh tweet something like, "Oh my God, the reviews for Annihilation are good," and then the reviews for something else we wanted to see or uh, whatever yeah, it, was. Yeah, it was. It was like it was like they came was out the game same night. Game night something? came out the same weekend. No, it was, yeah. they, it was that I was worried because they hadn't dropped the Annihilation yeah. reviews, but they dropped the Game Night reviews. But apparently sure. that that might have had more to do with its release strategy, where Netflix sold the international they sold the international rights sure. to Netflix or something. So I was I was like I'm not gonna like this movie and Ex Machina. I liked initially, and then when I watched it second and third time, I liked less and less each time so i'm kind of with you there fred but i actually like this movie I, I liked it a good amount um sky and i talked for maybe 20 or 30 minutes after the movie and that sort of like pushed it over a little bit for me too so we were sort of just sorting through what we thought happened and everything and that um yeah i don't that really enhanced it for me so i, I think the the trailers kind of made me like the movie less because it, it, yeah, it gave yeah. away a lot of like lines that were like kind of really important in context, but you already knew they were going to be said. And so it was kind of, yeah, I uh, don't know. Have you guys watched the OA? Have you watched the OA? No. Either of you watched the OA? It's no, I, I, I'm that's not, a Netflix I, show, but no, I've never, I haven't seen it. I, I feel like if they would have, they would have made the trailers a little like hide the ball a little yeah. bit more yeah. then it would have been more impactful. Yeah. In the movie, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. It's We've talked like, about trailers a hundred times yeah, on this podcast. Yeah, I think so. I only watched a trailer once. So that wasn't an issue for me actually, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, uh, so more specifically, Clam, I mean, 
what, what did you, what did you, what do you, without, if, if we're doing a spoiler section, what, without giving anything away, what, what do you think worked for you the most? If it, if it, and you can talk about it whenever you want, I'm guessing some of the performances didn't from what we've already discussed, but what, what, what do you, what did you get most out of it? I think that the story is really interesting. And one thing I haven't really known how to put it to words before, and we've talked about it. It, it sort of goes back to what we talked about on the Cloverfield podcast, but questions are sort of more sexier than answers with when you're like watching movies and when you're watching TV and reading books. And so this movie sort of, it's telling a story, but like basically every time they reveal something that sort of brings up more questions. And that's sort of something we talked about on Cloverfield podcast. And this movie did a lot of that. And I was really interested in the questions and I didn't necessarily need explicit answers because I sort of just like thinking about it and talking about it and sort of taking what I wanted away from it and what I thought the characters were thinking or feeling from it. Uh, Fred, did you have anything you wanted to add? Yeah. The interesting thing is some of the more critical takes I've seen on the movie is that a lot of people actually thought the ending was pretty intense that, that the, but that the buildup was a bit too slow that they thought the whole idea. Yeah. They thought that going into the shimmer um, took too long that once they were in there, it took a while for really exciting stuff to really happen, which wasn't really my point of view on it. I was pretty much on edge the entire time because I wrote this in my review. There's this really interesting analysis that Alfred Hitchcock once did about generating suspense. It's this idea that the audience knows that there's a bomb under the table, but the characters in the movie don't. So I'm sitting in the audience and I know that Garland is eventually going to detonate that bomb. So I'm sitting there eagerly awaiting for the first time that these characters are going to find themselves in real trouble. And I couldn't wait for that moment to finally come. So a lot of the developments early on that were relatively patient and took a while, I didn't really mind any of that. I actually thought it really enhanced the payoffs later in the movie. Yeah, and I actually agree with that take. I might have misf- misspoke earlier when I said the story bothered me. I, uh, I, I, I stand by what I said about the characters, but I actually do appreciate this story. And I think for the reason that Fred said in a better manner than I even could about how you know some shit's going to go down, but it's cool to actually – the way the mystery unfolds. You know, I, I, In that it's a movie without a traditional bad guy. And in a way, Ex Machina is kind of like that too actually where there's maybe not a – I mean, we're kind of the bad guy in Ex Machina. You know, that's sort of the who? thing, I think. Oh, right? just hu- like we are humans yeah. in general. Yeah, yeah, but not, yeah. not again. Not not a traditional bad guy. I mean, there's arguments that maybe, I mean that Oscar Isaac on, in that movie, whatever. But we don't. I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole because we're trying to not be too long winded here. But my my point is that it's just in a different way because you know you, this whole conceit to begin with going into this shimmer like you have no idea what it's going to entail and you start seeing the small things with those mutations and it yeah it is a slow build but you slowly get start to gather by different things whether it be those plants or the the alligator or different things like wow this is going to get increasingly increasingly weird and something is going to build into something and i i do actually i did really appreciate that anticipation i think it's a different kind of way to do a any kind of thriller movie yeah, I, I actually I, I saw people saying that the tension was better than the climax, I guess, basically with the, with the end. But I didn't necessarily like I didn't really feel like that it was slow. The only thing I didn't like about the sort of initial build up and tension was the flashbacks. Some of them I just thought were kind of generic. I was going to ask how nece- I was going to ask how, how necessary you thought those were. Yeah, I, I don't think you needed them to sort of get what they were trying to get from the character development. Well, I think they were trying to c- convey some kind of guilt that Lena might have had through infidelity, but I, I've seen different things. that I, I've seen conflicting takes on whether or not she she cheated on Kane 
before he went off on his mission. Well, yeah. So my my personal take was that the initial flashback when she's with the other professor guy is that he asked her, oh, does he know? And from that, that means that they were having an affair while he was still there. And so his motivation – her guilt is because his motivation was because my wife's cheating on me. I don't really have anything left. I'm going to go into this suicide mission. That's how I interpret Oh, but the, per, the, the guy said something else after that, though, and I, I did think that. And then he said something else, I think, about just not having heard from him or something to that effect that made me think, wait, is this happening afterward? And he's just wondering if he found out somehow. I think you're probably right, but like, there's something else that was said that put that into question for me. So I don't know sure. if that, that entire sequence was there. I, think, I mean, I appreciate they're trying to be subtle about it, but I don't know if they really spent enough time establishing everything to really or, – or, think- or if they needed to do it, like you said. I think it could have been both, though. Like, it, he could have been gone at the time, but he also could have known while he was still there. Right, right. And that's yeah. sort of something she's okay. thinking about. And it's just an extension of their affair. From but I don't before. know if it adds a ton, like you said. Well, when we were in the movie, mm-hmm. I, I really didn't appreciate yeah. those, those flashbacks. I thought that they kind of killed the momentum. Uh, but after we spoke, Afterwards, I started to see why those things yeah. were in there and how they kind of answered some of those questions for us. I don't know. I don't think we're at the point yeah. where I could speak about that yet. But. Yeah. Yeah. I, let's just do spoilers. We're going to do spoilers. It's just easier to talk about. Um, so if you guys haven't uh, seen I, the movie, I think all of us l- liked it. Yeah, we would, we would all recommend it. Yeah. So we're just going to take a quick like five-second break, and then we're going to do spoilers. All right. Um, Scott, why don't you just – Go ahead and just expand on what you were just saying and just go full spoilers on us. For the flashback, yeah, uh, I guess the it was one of the latter flashbacks, mm-hmm. and uh, he asks if uh, she hates him, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, or no, he yeah. says, yeah. you hate yeah. yourself. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. She hates herself and not me, Yeah, right? And yeah. she was like, no, I hate you, too. No, I hate you, too. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So, I mean, once you get to the end of the movie uh, and all of the other characters, it's been explained their motivation yeah. and, and their their personal struggles. That comes into focus a little bit more because it kind of gives context to why she had to get out. She tells yeah. you she had to return. Yeah. She uh, she more or less has to be perfected. Yeah. I don't know if, yeah. if you get that part. And uh, Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about that a little more yeah. when we talk about the end end. But going – so – Sort of jumping off what Sky said, the and going back to what you said about the boat scene, Josh. I ne- I don't think I necessarily needed more from each character because I think they're sort of supposed to be these generic characters to an extent. Um, and the other thing is, I, I, the the way I sort of interpreted it is the with the self destruction theme. It's it's sort of them like I, I don't know if you want to talk about giving up or self destruction and how correlated they are if they're interchangeable but like the sort of like aspect of someone who's given up or is trying to be self-destructive or who's so sad or angry or depressed or whatever that gives them this sort of and this courage to also go into some like face a challenge that they otherwise wouldn't which like these people if they were happy they wouldn't go into the shimmer right so by being like so self-destructive you're actually kind of giving yourself the courage to sort of face this challenge, this unknown that you otherwise wouldn't be able to. And I think that's super, super interesting. Right, and that theme is heavily implied throughout the entire movie. I, I mean, it's flat out called Annihilation. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, this whole idea of destruction is very prevalent. Um, once they walk into the Shimmer, you see a lot of um, buildings that are overgrown, which kind of reminded me, I said it in my review that I wrote, 
Um, have you guys ever seen those BuzzFeed articles of like the 33 most haunted abandoned <laughs> places in the sure. world? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it re kind of reminded me of that, right? There's a sort of interesting beauty to that sort of destruction and sure. decay. And I think Natalie Portman's character even mentions it at one point where she says, yeah, it was nightmarish, but in kind of a beautiful way. Yeah. Um, and this whole idea of ecolog ecological collapse and nature fighting back against humanity, I really thought it all tied very well into the theme of self-destruction of the characters that you mentioned. But I don't think I've commented on the boat scene yet. I do agree that that was some pretty lazy exposition. I would have preferred for each character to sort of organically reveal that sure. to the audience, as opposed to just one character kind of giving it all away in five minutes during yeah. a boat ride because there was nothing else. And an unimportant about. character too, right? Like she's just there to do that and then she dies. <laughs> yeah, she's quintessential cannon fodder, yeah. And it, and it's even, it's it, it's lazy too because Garland seems to really take pride in everything that he writes and the exposition in Ex Machina is so well done because it's almost all, all of it is exposition, but it, it like really conveys things. And, and so that was a little lazy, but uh, right. going back to what Sky said, I don't know how much it would have actually enhanced the sort of like end or the meaning of what the story was yeah and maybe it's I, natalie portman's story yeah and, I, yeah and maybe i'm overstating that a little bit in uh, my overall thoughts on the characterization but maybe if it's just what we're saying and each of those characters at least gets their own moment to convey that stuff and sure. it imbues them with a little more humanity so i it sounded like one of you guys i think didn't really particularly care for the gina rodriguez character and she's really the first one to go off the deep end and in the, that's already it's not like that's a that's a unrealistic or um, some kind of turn they haven't laid proper foundation for because they've already kind of shown how it, it, other teams kind of went a little nuts. But mm -hmm. even, like even before that final stop where she starts feeling the weird stuff on her skin, she's like, or, or, or no, actually that's after that. But like she, yeah. she, she, she is kind of getting kind of paranoid and everything like that, and she's jumping to conclusions. She's even jumping to conclusions when they watch that video, and it makes her seem like a little reactive and br brash and a, a little a little out of nowhere yeah. when she'd been kind of chill for the most part up until that point and it's like if we had just had a little bit more time with her being a normal person maybe that even maybe that turn eventually even hits us a little harder and i think tessa thompson is just someone i like so much that i just wanted to see her given more to do i, I think that i was a very interesting character because they were so restrained in how they wrote her uh and i might have just enjoyed seeing her do more and that's probably that and maybe it maybe it's me just being a little annoyed that one character just kind of did dumb things and another one is just someone I really like and I wanted to see him done a little differently. And well, if if you and like I'm saying, if we if we just don't have that boat scene and go about that a little differently, maybe that addresses my concerns. You know, I think I could. I think I agree with you uh, as far as developing the characters. Her, that's Tessa Thompson. The no, Gina Rodriguez. Gina Rodriguez. I, I think the reason that I didn't accept her her performance as well as say maybe someone else did mm -hmm. is because. She wasn't developed. They came out of nowhere with her being hyper irrational, mm -hmm. not wanting to believe what she just saw on the mm -hmm. film, even though they're in this place where these things are happening. And at that point, they'd but, already seen the shark gator and the four day passage of time. And all right. That. It was like weird shit it is was, happening. Yeah, it was too dumb for me to believe. However, okay. the reason I the reason I still say that I don't know that developing them would change it much is because mm -hmm. the way I viewed the story was the story of the Shimmer versus Natalie Portman. Mm -hmm. Those other characters kind of just served as as vessels, pretty much as yeah. vessels. They they're just the avenue for thought. 
uh, you know why each one of them died the way they did because it was explained to you why they died the way sure. they did. Yeah. So, and you kind of have a thought of maybe sh- Natalie Portman is taking on some of their characteristics as sure. she moves forward. And if you look at it that way, they're kind of just parts of her mm-hmm. as a character. Yeah, so. I, I, I agree with that take. Who, who, which, which of them didn't you like anyway, even if you agree with the fact that that maybe not wouldn't have been that as important, Clam? I know you had some problems with some of the performances. Uh, I mean, I just think overall, I think the acting in the movie was like bad. Um, and <laughs> really? the, But the acting in Ex Machina was really, really good, even though I, I don't think the story was as strong. And I feel like it was flipped in this for me. Um, I just didn't really get much from the actual performances, but I think the, the stories were enough to – to push me forward. Um, I thought Jennifer like, Jason Lee was kind of taking a nap or getting off a hangover see, for the first half. I of the didn't, movie. I actually thought she was probably the m- character who I m- most thought was like properly written and acting accordingly to how like her character was, weeds. especially at the end. Yeah. Weeds. weeds. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I could, I could see her. Can I, can I interject real yeah, quick? Yeah, you guys yeah, talked about um, the self-destruction theme a yeah. lot. I think it's perfectly juxtaposed because she also talks about in that first uh, flashback with mm-hmm. Oscar Isaac about perfecting basically the human yeah. DNA, yeah, 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 yeah. genes, mm-hmm. whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I think that you see that a lot in the movie, those yeah. two things. Yeah, it's, it's a common sci-fi thing too, yeah. Right. So I, I just wanted to make sure we yeah. touch it. We yeah, can yeah. touch that in a little while. But yeah, yeah. yeah. How did you guys feel about Natalie Portman's performance? Um, because I thought for the most part she actually did very well conveying the sort of feeling that there's bubbling something under the surface, um, but she never went too hysterical or too extreme with her performance. So I kind of like that they made her a little bit more subdued, and up until the end she doesn't really get that uh, big panicky moment. I think, Clam, you might disagree. No, I mean, like I said, I, I think she's fine. I don't think... Me too. I think the story... I think this, like... What Fred was talking about at the beginning, the tension of the story elevates it more than the acting does. And there are movies where I think the acting elevates itself more than the story and helps the movie. But for this particular movie, I just none of the acting performances stood out to me as like really good. But I I, I totally understand what you're saying about her character being subdued. And she definitely needed to be because if she was too hysterical, then it really I think it would take the audience out of the sort of feeling that the at present time at the movie of what the Garland wants you to feel in that moment. And I do appreciate that each of them are kind of dealing with their own form of heartache, depression, self-destruction, and whatever you will in your own way without any of them going over the top, really, aside from Gina Rodriguez. And I don't necessarily blame her for that. If they, if Alex Garland wanted her to do something differently, he would have told her to do something differently, you know? So I don't want to put, totally put that on her, even if I didn't totally enjoy that character. But, I mean, you know, in yeah. some ways she's having, to, she's having to deal with her addiction um, and how she just kind of feels like she's – already losing touch with herself based on what the shimmer is doing to her when that mutation begins. And, and I guess I agree, uh, Cass is cannon fodder, but I didn't necessarily, uh, mind that, mind that actress. And she's having to deal with the fact that like, she doesn't even, she doesn't even feel like the same person. And you're, I I mean, it was fun trying to examine how much of that you could see on her face as you're watching it. And each of them are trying to deal with these different things. And they're not, I guess there is a a, a lesser version of this movie where everyone is just kind of going over the top and going crazy. And it's, I think it makes it a lot more in, an interesting watch that that's not the case. Uh, well said. I, I I think I agree with you. Uh, I'm not, I don't have yeah. an issue with her as an yeah. actress. I just don't agree with the way they wrote her. Yeah, I, I agree. But, but I think, so I think what you guys are saying ties into what I was saying before about like 
the the brevity uh, or I don't even know what to say, like how like far gone they are into their self-destruction or sadness or anger is giving them the courage to like be calm and go into this place and like giving Natalie Portman the the strength to not get hysterical. Right. Like it gives Lena this sort of uh, ground where she she's like, all right, well, fuck it. I'm just going to deal with this. And like I have this science background and I'm just going to. I'm going to use my experiences and it's not going to overcome me. And they're all fighting against that at the same time because the shimmer is so strong. Right. Well, and, and also yeah. she's at the bottom of the bottom. She's yeah. lost her husband. Yeah, exactly. She deals with cancer and, and stuff all day. You know yeah. what I'm saying? She's yeah. a hardened veteran. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And part of that is also, and I think this really should not be understated. Um, it is mostly an all female cast, right? Yes. You actually have five women walking into the shimmer. And mm-hmm. for the most part, a lot of times in recent movies, um, like the um, Ghostbusters remake, that Oceans movie that's coming up. A lot of the all-female cast movies tend to be a little bit more comedic in nature, right? Sure. And this was very serious, uh, Mm -hmm. very hardened. It was sort of like uh, Eileen Ripley from Alien times five going (laughs) into a very dangerous situation. So I really appreciated that they took that angle. And while Oscar Isaac was in it, um, he ultimately had a very small supporting role that sure. didn't contribute as much to the overall picture. So I think it's great that they actually tried something different. And, and and further than that, they didn't make it a point to be like, to make us know, like keep reminding us, hey, look, it's females. It was just, because like in the Ghostbusters really? and all those movies, it's like, they, they make jokes about like, oh, because we're women, da, da, da. And this movie was just like, these people are biologists and scientists and Marines and it doesn't matter. It's just, this is who they are. It well, doesn't matter. Well, it's also there's more of a, there's more of a practical reason for it within the movie. And a lot of those other movies, it's like almost like a, a stunt casting gimmick, or it's like we're going to redo sure. this, but it's all women. Which I mean, <laughs> great. Like we need to have more representation of women in movies. But here, it's like it doesn't feel like they're just doing it to like be able to get headlines for that. If they actually make the point in the movie of saying, "Oh, well, every other team we'd send in so far was all these typical typical military dudes." So. Why don't we try something different and see if they're actually get some kind of different result? It actually makes a little more sense within the terms within the context of the sure. plot, you know. And they yeah. did. And they did. <laughs> and they did. Absolutely. I'm not sure if there's anything else you guys want to touch on because besides the other two things I want to touch on were one the just the, la- the entire last sequence, but also two the just how the movie looked and all that. Uh, sure. Where, where do you go? Yeah. Where, why, why don't you start, Josh, with the with the end? Yeah. So I mean, I mean, it's. Uh, it's a lot. I think that I think it's interesting when Lena finally gets to the lighthouse and she sees uh, Ventress there. Uh, Ventress is straight up just uh, kind of giving into the whole experience, which at that point we've already learned that she, about her about her cancer diagnosis. So sure. it, I mean, so it looks it makes a little bit more sense. And uh, whereas Lena is still having to, well, I mean, she sees the video of Kane, but she's still probably not exactly sure what's going on, and she needs to get to the bottom with it and um i'm still not totally sure what the whole entire mirroring sequence means and i'd like to hear your guys thoughts on that but that's what i was more referring to and i'm saying wow this is pretty insane that they're pulling this off right now and i have a pretty a lot of respect for it and there's that ama- the, the amazing um score that they have that's very off-putting and but also very gets you on tilt i don't know I, i'm trying to think of the proper mm-hmm. term but it it, it 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 gets your senses it raises your all of your senses all your senses yeah yeah and it's like oh god i don't i'm not sure what's going on here but i'm so into it and i was on both times and i i i don't t- i i thought I, I was excited to do this podcast because i wanted to see what you guys made of all that because i don't know i'm still after two viewings i'm not totally sure what it all means but uh yeah that's actually what sky and i 
talked about most yeah. after the movie. I don't know if you want to start, Fred, though, because I know Sky and I had already talked about this personally. So. so before I get to that big end scene, I actually want to very briefly touch on another scene first, which is sure. yeah. that which is that bear sequence. Oh, yeah. yeah we should, um, I shouldn't have skipped over that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the other thing. So up until that point, for a very brief period, it becomes a very intense um, and very exciting monster movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was one of the more blood-curling scenes I've seen in a movie in a long time. Mm-hmm. So by that point, my senses were extremely heightened. Uh, those five minutes where, I mean, we're doing the spoiler section now. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah, 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 you're good, you're yeah, good, you're go good, you're good. Yeah. So when you first start hearing Cass screams again, you don't exactly know what's going on. And then when that whole terrifying scene unfolds in front of you, um, it was just mesmerizing. And yeah. Once it was over, I felt like I just run half a marathon, <laughs> out of breath almost. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, it transitions into the lighthouse pretty quickly after that. Um, so by that point, I was very excited where they were going to take it next. Well, actually, we also uh, have we also have the final scene where Josie walks off, uh, which is yes. important before we get to the lighthouse. I don't know yeah. if you, any, you guys had anything you wanted to add. Well, that, that sort of no that that sort of ties into what Sky and I are talked oh, okay. about about how we felt about the end. So gotcha. Whatever you want. What, keep going, Fred. Sorry. So what I just wanted to say was, by that point in time, I wasn't sure what would, and what Natalie Portman's character would encounter at the lighthouse because we'd already had such a mortifying experience uh, with what is possible within the Shimmer, in terms of the abominations it created. Sure. And then I really appreciated that they went for something different. It was almost more beautiful than terrifying mm-hmm. for a huge chunk of it. And you feel kind of overwhelmed. You already mentioned the score, which really felt just like a tidal wave washing over you um, (laughs) from the screen. And especially when it crescendos towards the end, it almost feels like your eardrums are going to burst. Um, It's just a very interesting, almost physical experience to sit there and watch it all. And I really think I'm going to watch it again, probably not in movie theaters, but when it comes out, um, just so I can pause from time to time during that scene and maybe think about it a little bit more. Because I'm not entirely sure what Garland is trying to tell us with it, but just from an aesthetic point of view, it's so well constructed that I think it, this is a movie that merits multiple viewings to really get everything out of it. Well, I'm, sure. I, I'm glad I'm not the only one that didn't totally get whatever his message was, but was still taken <laughs> by it. But I want to hear it, uh, Clem and yeah, Scott, uh, Scott. Why don't you go ahead and sort of like, what do you think of the end? Um, your thoughts on the Shimmer and like how it represented like everyone else? Um, yeah, I'll try to recall. um i get the we want to start with the mirroring yeah whatever you want to start whatever you want whatever's on your mind um well i I guess Cass first sure um we see we see her murdered we see her throat ripped Mm -hmm. open Mm -hmm. and then um josie Mm -hmm. makes a comment about like imagine dying and these are your last thoughts or whatever and some of that's transferred over to the bear right so i see that scene i'm thinking did the bear take her vocal cords out or did some of her get mixed up in the bear yeah what happened right but we know that she lost her kid she lost Mm -hmm. herself because she said two Mm -hmm. people whatever Mm -hmm. whatever then we see josie she doesn't want to get out either Mm -hmm. she just wants to feel alive feel a part of something she doesn't want to die the way the everyone else died right she was at peace sure Yep. Right. So we, we start to see the shimmer and, and how it interacts with the things that are inside of it. 
It's your will and, and your physical body. It's your mental and physical. So we see her walking off. You, you start to see a little sprout in her arm. And as she gives in more, she's changed quicker, mm-hmm. right? So when they do that flashback to Natalie Portman and the, the guy asks her, like, how come you? Why are you the only one? And she tells us, she says, I, I think I'm the only one that that needed to make it out. Yeah. Like everyone else was a-okay to die in there pretty much. So that last, that last uh, mirror scene to me was, it was a manifestation of her will and her wanting to get back to Oscar Isaac. And that's all her guilt and her hate for herself. But also her with her, her background in the sciences and all those things, I think all play into that story. So her making it out and essentially defeating the initial shimmer, right? Mm-hmm. It um, uh, she kills the alien organism, mm-hmm. spreading whatnot, and it kind of perfects mm-hmm. her. Well, not her, but Oscar Isaac, right? Yeah. But she's already been infected with the shimmer as well, mm-hmm. and we see that tattoo transfer, mm-hmm. which I thought was big. That um, whatever, what is it called? Infinity sign. Yeah, the infinity which sign. to me just signals the perfection that she was. Yeah. alluding to at the beginning of the movie Interesting. um yeah so it's sort of expounding on that is like the everyone in the shimmer it, at least from the evidence that we have sort of like dies the way that they want to like what they think right. happen like is going to happen ends up happening because they're manifesting it with the their will and their thoughts and so Basically, like Gina Rodriguez is so terrified and she wants to like she like thinks she's going to die so badly that she ends up dying in like this brutal way. And Josie is like she's seeing all of this and she's so reserved and she's taking it in and she's sort of I think she's beginning to understand everything. And she saw the beauty in it. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, right, is I think uh, Lena says something with the gator shark thing at the beginning of like uh, she like comments on like the beauty versus like the aberration like how like it could be something terrifying but if you look at it in a different light it's actually not terrifying it's just like nature sort of evolving and Josie is sort of taking this all in for however long they've been in the shimmer and she's just like at peace with her life and and she doesn't want to go out like people and so that the shimmer sort of manifests itself in a way that she sort of ends up just walking off screen and she's vanished but she just becomes one with the nature she becomes Roses, yeah, she be, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's something beautiful. Um, and then at, and then going to Ventress, she she accepted her death and she got all the answers that she wanted and she was so at peace that she was able to just like evaporate and die. And then again, like what Sky said, Natalie Portman's character just felt the need so badly to get out of the shimmer that she was able to sort of before it overtook her. Because the other thing is like they're all being. Uh, changed second by second by the shimmer and like she was able to fight that long enough to get out and then you know obviously they have like the very the last scene where it's like oh i wonder what's up with her and her eyes and everything um anyway so that's sort of where sky and i were at with the last like 20 30 minutes of the movie i do like the point about them all kind of going out in their own way to a certain extent um Maybe even more so with Josie than any of them because they'd already established she obviously had suicidal ideations and she mm-hmm. just wanted to feel something. And I think she kind of found a place that 
where that seemed to let little, her feel, that yeah, let her feel in her own way that put her at peace. And that just because of that, almost the way that scene was shot, um, helped convey that as much as anything because it just does seem so peaceful in that moment in, in the midst of what had been anything but peaceful for the, the mm-hmm. other hour and 50 minutes of the movie. Uh, sure. Can I make a can I make a quick comment on that though? Go yeah. for it. Um, because here's my problem with that scene i thought in itself it was very well staged and it was a very beautiful final moment for her but i think a lot of the information we had about her character having these suicidal thoughts came from that boat scene that we already talked about a little bit and i don't want to say it necessarily cheapened the payoff for me but i did think about that a little bit and i thought i wish this would have come from her a little bit throughout the movie as opposed to us just being exposed to the information in a kind of clumsy way earlier. Uh, and that's kind of what I said, but I still, uh, with my issue, my nitpicks with the movie, but I still like that scene, I guess. See, yeah, go ahead. I, go I, ahead. I, don't, I don't even necessarily take that as her suicide. Yeah, I don't think either. it was her manifest, manifestation of her will to, to commit suicide. Yeah. I think that she found, finally found peace in something she understood. Mm-hmm. She understood it scientifically, and she thought it was beautiful. She had just went through that whole speech about how the structure is in our DNA hops, to build, yeah, yeah. yeah, to build the human form, and how the plants had the same structure. And you have Ventress who wants and to she's go. She's learning about the mic, the waves too for the radio communication. Yeah, she and figured that too. out. Yep, she figured out how everything scrambled. And I think mm-hmm. she just she didn't want to defeat or kill anything. She didn't want to get out of there. She wasn't terrified anymore. Yeah. She was just she was just at peace. That's what yeah. I I kind of took away. But, yeah, that's how that's I felt about it. So, anyway. Um, you guys have theories on the last two, last two minutes? Um, with respect to uh, just like her coming out and then going to see Oscar Isaac? Yeah. Um, well, so so this actually touches on what Sky was saying relative to perfection. So we have this flashback where Natalie Portman and Oscar Isaac are in bed, and she's like, imagine if I could look like this forever. It's actually a flaw in the human gene, da 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 right? So then we flash forward all the way to the end where she sort of defeats the Shimmer for now. And it's interesting. Sky actually brought this up to me where Oscar Isaac's uh, duality basically wasn't was sick until Natalie Portman blew up the Shimmer. And then he sort of got healed because that he was like not away from that anymore. Um, and so it, it's sort of like her – a full circle of like this perfection of uh, humans, right? And you have this like alien thing that is sort of perfecting itself with Natalie Portman and this duality. And then the perfection of Oscar Isaac is sort of the one that makes it out of the shimmer. Um, in terms of like what it means, I don't know. I mean, I think that there, there's this is a trilogy of a, of a book, right? And this is only necessarily the first book, so I don't know if they're going to make more movies of it. But I don't think this. Uh, I, I, think don't, think, just, I don't think this movie's making enough money for them. I to think it's just an open. Movie. Sure, but I think it's just. Uh, this goes back to what I was saying: is questions you don't need are everything answered. Yeah, sexier need, than the answers. Yeah, yeah. I don't need it explicitly like this, this, this. Yeah, but go Fred. Ahead. No, and I did like that duology that you just talked about during that mirroring scene because mm-hmm. there was a very fascinating observation that the audience could make earlier than, than Natalie Portman's character did. I think we as viewers grasped pretty early on that the creature was learning from what she was doing, that the creature was repeating yeah. her exact actions. Sure. I don't think she got that for a while. She was just kind of fighting. She was pan- scared. Terrified, panicking in that moment. And then eventually she realizes, and then she almost turns it back on the creature, and she starts to learn from it. And that's when she gets to 
grabbed that flash grenade and put it in his hand, on yeah. her hand, I suppose. Sure. And so, fur- further than that, though, she there's a, when she's doing the interrogation, she says it wasn't trying to kill me, right? And so that goes to what you're saying. Is she learned because first she's like, oh my god, this thing is going to kill me. I don't know what it is, but then. You know, she's fighting with it and she learns that it's literally just mirroring her and Mm -hmm. learning from her instead of uh, this idea we have in our head that anything alien is trying to kill us or change us or take over. It's literally just learning from her and mimicking her. Right. Yeah. And she and yeah. And I did like that point. I'm glad you brought that up before we before we wrapped up, because I think I mean, we didn't even really talk that much about the science of it. Not that we needed to, but it's interesting that like there's this. They they they've kind of like at least her and Josie kind of come to accept this whole entire refraction thing for what it is and um and Jennifer Jason Lee does too yeah 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 well she well yeah yeah you're right you're right you're right she she did too and they it's it, it, it has some ties to Arrival I'd say in that way where um mm. you're because I think the book doesn't come down on it being alien as squarely as this one does um but just the idea of just accepting the change in general and. Instead of trying to fight the unknown, is uh, it, it puts it in a different context than I'd say a movie like Arrival does in a very different way. But I think we've all agreed that we enjoyed this story, and it's um, in, just an interesting original way to do it. Or maybe not completely original because it's based on a book, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, yeah. not, it's not your traditional sci-fi aliens taking over shit kind of thing. I have, I have two two points go, two quick go. points yeah. number one I, I would feel very very bad if we didn't address oscar isaac's a uh, very odd accent no? yeah Did he, that well, he had like a british off? accent or something country when, accent. It, seemed, it, was, it seemed different at the end country accent yeah that was kind of weird on the film yeah yeah, it was. It was. I, were, it, I I forgot about that. But it yeah. made me reevaluate my whole theory on the movie until what I was suspicious of was confirmed. Yeah, when with the behind the camera thing, right? Because yeah. he started talking in a different different accent. I'm not. Yeah. You guys, did you guys hear that too? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. And oh, what's the other thing? Secondly, is the the tattoo. Mm-hmm. Like I was I was telling you before. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, if, I didn't pick up on that. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, Sam. But you noticed it. You noticed it though, right on the arm. I noticed it. But I didn't know if it was something that I just hadn't seen till that point in the movie. Right, so they do the flashback and they they show her her arm, yeah, without, very visibly without, without, without it, sleep, and then they yeah. do the they do a a scene with Gina Rodriguez, Gina Rodriguez, yeah. where they very like uh, it's very pronounced. They have her her kind of zoomed out. She puts her forearm in the camera. You see the the figure eight, and then the next fifteen seconds of her talking, they don't show it again, and then they flash back again to Natalie Portman, and she's kind of playing with the tattoo on her arm. Yeah. So it, it brings up a lot of questions about what's going on, and yeah. it makes you formulate a lot of other theories. But in the end, that's why I said that those flashbacks at the beginning of the movie, I didn't appreciate mm-hmm. them until the end of the movie. Yeah. Because she's talking about perfecting the the human condition more mm-hmm. or less, and that in, that infinity is represent representative yeah. of of her everlasting life more or yeah. less not dying that that perfection that she was referring to in that that bed scene with Oscar Isaac yeah yeah it just and it it just goes on further with the 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 shimmer like fucking with the body chemistry and everything like that so do you notice the um, last shot of the cup um the way the 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 water that was along the side of the cup yeah. kind of came together as opposed to doing the opposite of the cells that was an interesting little visual trick they did with the shots um yeah. other thing i wanted to ask you guys about did you know that it was supposed to take place in florida 
I think they mentioned Florida, but I otherwise, I didn't, I didn't hear Florida. But like, I mean, there are Gators I there. So that's yeah. No, they they definitely mentioned something about Florida uh, in there that I that I knew during the film. Some kind of beach or some kind of city they mentioned that I. Nah, I, I didn't. I didn't pick up on nah, that. Well, you see, when when she's giving Lena the initial, when Ventress is giving Lena the initial instruction, she's showing her a map of it. There's a little block. Mm-hmm. Um, blocking out part of what you where you would see this the states like to the uh, northwest of the panhandle but you can tell it's florida when you know to look huh. for it but also like it was apparently jeff vandermeer is from lives in tallahassee and went to school at uf actually and he, <laughs> and he based cool. it just like on a, kind of his experience in the state like so it, they, they originally did initial test shooting in saint mark's which is like directly south of tallahassee and i had forgotten there was swampland there i was talking to hannah about it because she put something in her letterbox review about um, about this would happen in Florida. I'm like, wait, did I miss yeah. something? And then like, <laughs> like we went on, we went yeah. on, we went on Wikipedia, and it was like, oh yeah, they initially were going to shoot this there, but the the vegetation was too dense for them to was too much for them to actually get the dense sh- like the depth of the shots they wanted, so they filmed in London. But it was originally going to be filmed like in the swamps of the Florida Panhandle, which is nice. mean, it's kind of kind of huh. crazy, but it's just kind of funny. We're all um, Florida natives, Graham. I mean, um, Fred. I know you yeah, kind, kind of are, native. but um, yeah. well, but uh. Uh, but yeah, it's I mean, it's just kind of funny that like we're, we we I, I watched this whole movie not even making that connection, you know. And so what I just gathered was that Florida's vegetation was too strong. Florida's too strong. Yeah, yeah, sure. Florida's too strong. Good. That's I what I got. Think of it that yeah. way. Yeah, but I, I I just think it was a really. I mean, I think we can all agree it's a cool looking movie, and it's impressive that they did it yeah. for like fifty five million dollars. I mean, that's not a small amount of money, but I mean, it looked, created a pretty interesting setting for not like an exorbitant um, budget. Hundred percent. And I really hope they keep investing in this sort of uh, sophisticated science fiction. I mean, as much as I enjoy <laughs> the Star Wars space operas of cinema, um, I do really enjoy going to the movies, having something to think about. Um, yeah. And I'm and I'm really glad, as you said already, that they were willing to uh, give Garland a decent amount of uh, and final cut. Cash. Yeah. yeah. And final cut. Part of that. He's, he said in his he said in an interview he did on the ringer with sean fantasy that like i don't know why people keep giving me money to do this uh, yeah. so i mean ex machina i guess did make money it was only a 15 million dollar budget made 37 yeah. well million, they didn't think huge. it was going to be an oscar movie and it got a lot of press so yes yeah, so that helped i guess but it's like i mean i, I agree i'm i mean I, I i think it's just cool even if i wouldn't say like this or ex machina or arrival or stuff like that or like my top 10 favorite movies maybe of those respective years like i still think it's cool like i want hollywood to keep doing stuff like this because we we talk sure. about all the blockbuster stuff but we also talk about how we we like original things getting made too so yeah for sure. yeah good good for uh, good for the studios for at least letting this happen so any final thoughts uh final thoughts from you fred and plug whatever social media you want to plug um well i think we had this issue last time i'm not really much of a twitter presence to be <laughs> honest so uh yeah um follow me on my letterboxd account i write reviews from time to time uh fred Corp. And yeah, I hope you enjoy what I uh, have to say on there. I try yeah, to post sure. from time to time. Sky, any final thoughts? You want to plug anything? Um, yeah, go see Black Panther, man. It's a great film. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, if you hadn't, apparently, apparently Sky got lost, and he would have joined us on the Black Panther pod, and then we might have talked for two and a half hours instead of an hour and a half. God. Yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> nah, um, no, no plugs here. Man. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Josh, any final thoughts? Social yeah, media. I would just say that, like, I, I mean, obviously, if you're listening at this point, you probably saw the movie, though, though Fred apparently listened to our whole Shape of Water pod without having seen that. So maybe there are some people that are still trying to make up their mind if they're going to see this movie. And I'd say that there's a lot going on in it, and it's a lot to take in. 
But as you can kind of tell, like we're, st- I, I thought may- I was maybe like a little ashamed that I-, I couldn't decipher every little meaning in this movie. But I don't think you have to to appreciate it, and you can yeah. take it in and be absorbed by all the imagery and all the technical aspects of it, and and also still recognize that these, even if these aren't the most deeply developed characters, they're definitely going through some shit, and it's interesting to see the impact it has on them. And I think that makes it a, a worthwhile viewing experience. And my Twitter's at uh, Josh Jurnovoy, J O S H J U R N O V O Y, and uh, I'm tweeting sometimes from fifty at fifty two in 52 pod well i usually tweet out our links but maybe 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 we'll start providing some commentary on there or something i don't know clam um yeah i thought the movie was going to be stupid (laughs) it was good (laughs) i liked it everyone says i hate everything so if i liked it it's probably it's probably good um (laughs) my twitter is at a clam a-k-l-a-m-b-a-k-e uh sky fred thanks for joining us and we'll see you guys next time